1: Pastor
2: Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
1: Tea in a tea bag, you throw us in hot water, it brings out the tea, the tea was there. This servant was wicked, he was not a servant, he was an imposter, he wasn't a sheep, he was a goat. And it showed, you wicked and slothful servant, put that on a resume when you apply for a job next time. I mean, this is an epitaph, right? You know, action or inaction is the overflow of what's inside of us we have a heart for Jesus, yes or no? I can
0: see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall the mountains will move. every chain of the past. You've broken into all the fear of the lies. We're singing the truth that nothing is impossible with you. Oh, nothing is impossible.
2: Hello, and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so glad that you've chosen to spend this time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, Pastor Keith continues with his new teaching series entitled Impact. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the Gospel of Matthew, Chapter 25. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
1: How am I deploying them? Am I doing so actively, thoughtfully, deliberately, or is it complacently, passively? What would he say if he returned tomorrow and you found yourself in the position of these men in the parable of the talents? Do not let your gifts and abilities, do not let your talents go to seed. So action one, God has given you something to take care of that is his, handle with care. Action two. Action two is this, therefore, if then therefore, right, make the most of the gifts and abilities for the glory of God, for the good of others, and yes, your own growth. Our service to God is worship. Everything we say, think, and do is worship. And he has given us talents with which to worship him. And when we worship him, stuff happens, okay? Uh, Matthew 25, 20 to 23. Stuff is an Ugaritic term, which means things happen, right? But anyway, I digress. Verse 20, and he who had received five talents came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me, you gave me talents. Now, a talent in those days was money, but here... The play on the words is unmistakable, comes through in the English. And here I have five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, I will set you over much. Enjoy- Enter into the joy of your master. The same thing happened with the guy who came forward with two talents. He heard the same thing, even though he had lesser gifts and abilities. Maybe he wasn't as big a man on campus, a BMOC, is the first guy. But he gets the same answer. Well done, good and faithful servant. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. You can't help but notice that these individuals weren't thinking of themselves. They were God centered, God focused, God oriented, other oriented, not self oriented. Often, as fallen human beings, we have a tendency to think of ourselves, to be afraid. And often we find the excuse that using our gifts or talents under situation A or situation B is inconvenient. Often we neglect God's will and the work he's given to us for other pursuits, distractions. And while others don't, there are those who are faithful, there are those who live sacrificial lives and they experience blessing, great blessing. And you know, and there are some folks, you know, some people are extroverts, some people are introverts, some people are prone to anxiety, be it the fear of man or something else. We have to remember that God never gives us more than we can handle. That's what he says about himself in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, right? There's no temptation, there's no situation that's come upon you that is not common to men, but God is faithful. He'll give you what you need, a way of escape that you'll be able to endure it. Is that true or false? Can you trust God? Is he a liar? I don't think so. So he's never out of his depth, he who declares the end from the beginning, and therefore, therefore neither are we. You know, verse 15, it says, he portions these talents according to our abilities. Now, sometimes we may feel like we're in over our heads, but feelings can deceive us, right? We want to deal in facts. So what does the Bible say? What sayeth the scriptures as they used to say in the old days? I mean, think about Moses, right? He was trying to find a way out, wasn't he? I'm slow of speech. God's like, you know, who made your mouth? Right? You also have to remember when you're looking at this, the relationship here. You know, some people see God as a bellboy in a hotel. I spent 20 years working in the resort industry. I know you're not supposed to call them bellboys. Now we call them lodging hosts or something like that. But people used to ring. I remember when people used to ring the bell. I used to come to that bell. It's kind of a Pavlovian dog thing. There's a tip out there somewhere, but I digress. Yeah. So anyway, but you got to notice the relationship. We are the slaves. We are the douloi, the bond servants. That's what James calls us. That's what God looks at us as. And you see this here in verses 20 to 25, and I'll just sort of hop through it. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, verse 22, Master, you delivered to me two talents, and I have had two talents more. Then the false professor, you know, verse 24, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, so I was afraid, and I hid your talent in the ground. They all called him Master, only two minutes. They exist, you exist, I exist to do God's will. And so we need to be outwardly focused. We need to think about others above ourselves as it talks about in Philippians. I want to bring us back to uh, 1 Corinthians 12.7 and 12.11. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I'm teaching pneumatology today after... after the service to the uh, leadership class. But the gifts of the Spirit were the abilities that God has imbued with us to serve him. They are for the common good. They are for everybody. They are for the benefit, not of you, the gifted one, the talented one, but those all around you. And in verse 11, it says, it, it kind of elaborates on that, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually As they deserve. No, it doesn't say that. It says, as he wills. See, God is the master. You are the servant. God apportions as he wills, according to our ability. He gives us all that we need to get it done. The question is, will we make an impact? And I'm reminded that those who know God and trust God seek to do his will. They have the not my will, Father, but your will mindset. The first two servants, as we see in the parable, are like that. The third servant is someone who doesn't get it. Uh, He seems to serve grudgingly, reluctantly. They see, the first two, a master that they love, that they delight in, that they delight in serving, that they can't wait. They come forward and say, Daddy, see what I've done. The third sees something of a tyrant. I knew you were a hard man. Some see uh, Christianity as a uh, religion of risk avoidance. You know, Christianity Christianity isn't something you do. A Christian is something that you are. You know, fish were made to swim, birds fly, horses run. We are made to worship, serve God. A lot of people see Christianity as, you know, I'm going to avoid this sin here, and that sin there, and that sin here. And they do the minimum because theirs is a fearful faith. They miss God's blessing, whereas the others see Christianity as as a a delight, Uh, you know, and so I guess the mini-application here is make the most of your gifts and abilities for the glory of God. How? Well, the Roman orator Cicero said this, somebody else quoted him without attribution, but we won't get into that, ask not what you can do for your country, ask what? Ask, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And, and, and you can apply that this way. Really, what Cicero saying is saying as a pagan, and what we should think as Christians, it's not what God can do for us. We're, ours is not a religion of, you know, gimme, 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 gimme. Ours is a religion that responds to the love of God with joy with the desire to please him given that he's done all that he's done for us it's not that we do it under compulsion with a gun to our head it's we do it with joy and thanksgiving given all that we've received from him that we do not deserve today you may have a ministry that you want to serve in and you kind of tunnel visioned or you've got the blinders on but we may have a place for you that doesn't quite line up with your initial desire. And the question is, will you serve where we plant you for now? If your preferred slot is, isn't needed right now, will you fill in where is needed like, time for a little guilt trip, kids club? And remember that our, our Savior, the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve. We follow his example. We fill the needs that we have. You know, I'm reminded that our talents are honed by their use. A well-used shovel, those of us who have done manual labor, isn't dirty. It shines because it's so used you've just polished it up by its use. It's like a rail where the choo-choo has come, right? The train comes across it, and you can tell because it shines. It's been used make your talents shine. Use them, hone them, deploy them for the glory of God, for the good of others, and yes, even your own growth. So action one, God has given you something. Handle with care. Action two, make the most of your abilities for the glory of God, even if it's outside of your comfort zone. Action three, action three. As I look at these actions, I was wondering what was I thinking in my phraseology, but here it goes. Be careful how you care for the gifts God has given you to care for, okay? Be careful how you care for what gifts God has given you to care for. It may be a little redundant here, but it's worth, be- it's, it's worth redundant if there's such a thing. And we see this in Matthew twenty five, twenty four through 29. This is kind of a long stretch here, but I want you just to take this in. He also had received one talent came forward saying Master I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed so I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground here you have what is yours but his master answered him you wicked and slothful servant you knew or you say you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not where I have scattered no seed and he's posing it as a question Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents, for, because, to everyone who has will be given, and he will have an abundance, but to the one who has not, even that will be taken away. Last week, we talked about epitaphs, remember? What will your epitaph be? Here's an epitaph for the ages. You wicked and slothful servant. Wicked represents the inner condition of the servant, the inner attitude. Slothful shows that what's inside of you comes out, right? We're like tubes of toothpaste. You squeeze us a little, put a little pressure on us, and toothpaste comes out, right? Tea in a tea bag, you throw us in hot water, it brings out the tea. The tea was there. This servant was wicked. He was not a servant. He was an imposter. He wasn't a sheep. He was a goat. And it showed. You wicked and slothful servant. Put that on a resume when you apply for a job next time. I mean, this is an epitaph, right? You know, action or inaction is the overflow of what's inside of us. Do we have a heart for Jesus? Yes or no? There are some who can take or leave God who serve when they want to drop in or when they feel like it. And so they hide their talent in the ground. They bury it and pull it out finally and say, here, take what is yours. And that's where it gets back to the lady that I talked to a few years ago. Pastor, I have my gifts and abilities. They're mine, and I'll deploy them when, where, and how I feel like it. You know, a a life lived like that preaches. You're all preaching all the time. I saw a meme online recently, and it had this really terrible looking picture, which I won't describe for you, but it says this, if you treat church as if it's optional, your children will treat it as if it is unnecessary. The point being this. Remember that when you serve, when you deploy the talents and abilities that God has given you, The added incentive is that in the home where there are children or spouses, Christianity is often caught as well as taught. We preach with our lips, yes, but also with our lives, and children pick up the bad habits as well as the good. And your life, your marriage, your witness is the most powerful evangelistic tool there is. And we do live in a surveillance culture, don't we? And I'm not talking about the government, you know, I'm not putting a, tin can- a tin foil on my head or anything hiding under my car. I'm talking about the world around us, a hurting, starving, suffering world, including our children who want to know, who want to see that we really, really believe what we say because they know it ain't working everywhere else. So use your talents joyfully, willfully to bear witness to Christ Last week we talked about it's about time. You and I only have so much time. We come with expiration dates. We're either going to die or Christ is going to return. And so let's deploy our talents with the time we have left. As we say in the South, let's get after it. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. Then he went away. Now, after a long time, the master of of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Christ has been gone for a long time. We're living like it's the days of Noah, marriage and giving in marriage, things like that. But we do well to consider our context in history right now. And what we don't want to be, we don't want to deceive ourselves. We don't want to be the one cast into the outer darkness. So be careful how... You care for the gifts that God has given you to care for. Count the cost of slothfulness. Realize that your outward actions and attitudes reveal the inner man or woman. Challenge yourself. We are known by the fruit we bear. That fruit is our epitaph. What would your epitaph say? Your attitude toward the church family that you can see represents your attitude toward the God that you can't see. So be careful how you care for what gifts God has given you to care for. Be thoughtful, be intentional, be deliberate, be active, serve. Don't be distracted by this world around you. Stop scrolling endlessly through screens, listening endlessly. You know, uh, Solomon said the reading of many books is, you know, tiresome. So is the listening to many podcasts. I'm not criticizing podcasts. I listen to more than a few myself. But the question is, are you actively serving right now where God has planted you? Be careful how you care for what gifts God has given you. I want to come back to the title of the message. Which servant are you? This isn't about a guilt trip. Christianity is a grace trip. But I want you to think about this as we wrap up. What kind of servant are you? Which one of these is you? How do you spend your time? What if you tithed it? Think about it, 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, you tie 10%, that's 16-point hours a week. You say, well, I don't have time for that. Let me tell you about an experience, Terry and I, and when Anna was living at home prior to her getting hitched to Robert, we uh, had an outreach to uh, uh, Hindus in our neighborhood. We would have 20 or 30 people over at Christmas and talk about what Christmas is about. And there's this lady there whose name was Kezia, and she was actually a Christian, And uh, she came to us, and she started attending this church while she was here, looking at her taking care of her grandchild for six months. And she came to us and said, I want to pray with you guys, because I live just around the corner. We said, great. She goes, now, my church, we pray from uh, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. You guys do that, right? And I was like, well, actually, no. She goes, well, I would like to pray with you from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. on Fridays. That's 12 hours. You've already gotten what? That just leaves 4.8 here right now. And so um, we were like, yeah, you know, with our schedule, that doesn't work. And so we agreed to pray with her from 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. We compromised Fridays, six hours. And you know what? It was inconvenient. I mean, I can't tell you how inconvenient it was. But the time flew. And, you know, prayer never changes God. It just changes us, right? So let me just challenge you with that. You have more time on your hands than you think you do. And you can use it in so many ways than you think you can. You know, the other thing you can do is serve with hospitality. We just had a hospitality seminar. seminar hospitality 101 or having people over for dinner. There's lots of ways to use your talents. You know, host a small group. You know, that's probably three more hours right there, right? We can get to we can get to 10% here if we try. Let me get back on track here. I digress. 54% of the people here, member of the membership here, serve in at least one ministry. Okay? That's good. Usually it's 80, 20, 20% carry 80% of the load. But I'm still reminded we can excel still more. That means 46% of you can uh Deploy your gifts and talents, right? And now you may say, some of you may say, well, I'd love to, but I'm not a member. Okay, stop dating the church then. Let's get married. Because we're, we're not, you know, when we have guests in our home, we don't have make them do the dishes and vacuum the carpets. You got to be in the family, okay? And so we want you to join. Join. We have a membership class, Hillside Next. Also, what does your engagement in the church tell your family members your unsaved neighbors those people you argue with at thanksgiving dinner you know are you telling them that service is optional that you can be a part-time christian i don't think so and you may still be unconvinced of your need to serve anywhere i I know people who i've seen them over the years they come to church they come to this church they go to that church they they have great theology but they never wear the towel They never serve and I would point you to verse 30 because that may be where you're headed which servant are you which brings us to hitchhiking in conclusion profile of a hitchhiker he expects you to give him or her a ride he expects you to be safe he expects you to have gas he expects you to have insurance and does nothing in return and if you wreck the car they're going to sue you okay Don't be a hitchhiker. God has raised you up for such a time as this. You were saved to serve, to deploy your gifts. There is a world perishing out there. There are people who just need discipleship. What role will you play? Let's not bury our talents in the sand.